right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, so it's September 25th, which means we all survived September 23rd, so apparently it's not the end of the world. Um, but speaking of the end of the world, let's talk a little bit about Donald Trump over the last few days. So uh, Uberfax tweeted out saying that Donald Trump cheated on his first wife in a church, to which I responded, and I'm sure he probably grabbed her by the pussy too. Um, continuing with Donald Trump, and this was a major, major thing over the weekend, which obviously we'll be talking about uh, during the podcast. Uh, Donald Trump saying that the president should not be telling the Washington Redskins to change their name. Our country has far bigger problems. Focus on them, not nonsense. And this was a tweet from Donald Trump, obviously in the past, directed to Barack Obama. And after what happened this weekend between Donald Trump and the NFL, that tweet is hilarious. And that tweet was retweeted uh, on September 23rd by Mark Caputo, who tweeted, This is a tweet for everything, part 120,876. But obviously, Trump took issue this weekend uh, with athletes taking a knee during the anthem. Uh, So Louisa Haynes tweeted out, hashtag take a knee, then rise up. Um, Why can't they protest peacefully? And it shows it there at the top left, but not like that. And it shows Kobe Bryant wearing the shirt, I can't breathe. Or like that, Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the anthem at a football game. And not during the play as well. So really solid points there. Uh, Really ridiculous what Donald Trump is saying uh, in regards to these athletes. Um, We'll we'll be talking a lot about this on this podcast, believe me. Um, Uberfacts, on a side note, tweeted out a really interesting Uberfact. They said, wearing headphones for just an hour will multiply the bacteria in your ear by 700 times. I wear headphones almost most of the day, so chances are my ears are very, very dirty then. (laughs) Um, Then there was this tweet uh, from David West uh, that I wanted to read to you guys. It's an image. Uh, We were supposed to be patriotic Americans, but we could not deny the outrage brought on by our awareness of the injustices the nation had heaped upon Africans, Native Americans, and people of color throughout the Third World. We were supposed to pledge allegiance to the flag and to a republic that claimed to be one nation under God with liberty and justice for all, but little discernment was required to see that the nation was united only among those who identified with its destiny and who were among the group that prospered. It was equally questionable whether the nation lived under God, and if it did live under God, it seemed that God was a racist and a tyrant. Liberty and justice were reserved for white male Anglo-Saxons and those who identified with their program. Um, So really interesting tweet there um, from David West. And obviously this is going to be a subject, as I keep saying, that we'll be going into a lot on this podcast. Um, So Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, 
you can't go back and change the past so look to the future and don't make the same mistake twice so pretty sage advice there uh, in regards to all of this issue all of a sudden we started to see some commissioners for different sports leagues come out with statements uh, one of the first ones was not surprisingly the NBA commissioner uh, Adam Silver he tweet he tweeted out uh, I was in favor of the team visiting the White House and thought it was a rare opportunity for these players to share their views directly with the president. I am disappointed that that will not happen. More importantly, I am proud of our players for taking an active role in their communities and continuing to speak out on critically important issues. Um, so kind of backing up a bit because we did kind of skip over this. The reason Adam Silver is coming out about this is because Steph Curry publicly was saying that he wasn't sure whether or not he was going to even go to the White House, neither were the Golden State Warriors. Um, then Donald Trump came out and said, well then you're disinvited from the White House. Um, LeBron James spoke up after that, Adam Silver spoke up after that. So, um, you know, a lot going on over the weekend in regards to not just the NFL and Donald Trump, but also the NBA and Donald Trump as well. Then there was this, which I found interesting. Uh, apparently DC Comics had an issue with not green kryptonite, but pink kryptonite uh, that apparently gave Superman gay tendencies, which I thought was pretty hilarious. So basically, uh, this is like a screenshot of that comic book issue, and it says, granted, every so often there's some genuine weirdness. Fortunately, I'm the only one who seems to pick up on the subtext. And then it shows... Uh, you know, Superman's been acting awfully strange since being exposed to pink kryptonite. What do you think's wrong with him? And then Supergirl says, Lois, so you so don't want to know. And then it shows Superman uh, speaking to Jimmy. Uh, Did I ever tell you how smashing you looked in bow ties, Jimmy? By the way, that's a fabulous window treatment you've put together. And Jimmy goes, gulp. Gee, thanks, I guess. <laughs> Some pretty crazy stuff uh, from DC Comics there. Uh, then T-Pain uh, USA tweeted out, uh, the Koch brothers pledge $400 million to the Republican Party if they repeal Obamacare. So if you take $400 million and divide it by $32 million uh, that would lose insurance, that gives you $12.50. Uh, so what T-Pain is pointing out is basically that one life is worth $12.50. So very interesting point of view there. Uh, so going back to the NFL and Donald Trump, because obviously that was a major, major story over the weekend, uh, Donald Trump tweeted out, if NFL fans refuse to go to games until players stop disrespecting our flag and country, you will see change that takes place fast, fire or, subs or suspend. And I responded with that, did you ever think, Donald, that you might be the problem? You know? Look in the mirror and start to see why everyone all of a sudden starts to hate you. Maybe things might be different. Uh, Donald Trump tweeted, The NFL attendance and ratings are way down. Boring games, yes, but many stay away because they love our country. The league should back the U.S. To which I just said, you're delusional, man. Like, where is he coming from with this stuff? The fact that they play a national anthem before the games get played shows that they do obviously back the United States. It's a ridiculous statement from this president. 
uh, among many others that he's made. Um, so Eugene uh, tweeted out, uh, Eugene Gu, who's a doctor apparently, Eugene Gu MD, uh, tweeted out, Trump is more fixated on this issue than he was about KKK violence and the devastating hurricanes, which is exactly right. There's been more tweets from Donald Trump about the NFL and these protests than there were about what happened with the KKK and the hurricane issues. There still hasn't really been anything from Donald Trump about the damage that's been done in Puerto Rico, which is, by the way, a territory of the U.S. Uh, so Eugene continued, he said, the only person disrespecting the flag and ripping up the Constitution is Donald J. Trump. And he continued saying, exactly, and now when white supremacists run over people with cars and acts of domestic terrorism, they are, quote, very fine people, and there's many sides. Yet when black athletes do a peaceful protest in the spirit of our Constitution, they are, quote, sons of bitches, uh, this is unconscionable. And I would agree with him. I think the way that Donald Trump labeled the racists, you know, that ran over people uh, versus how he labeled athletes that are just protesting, where he called them sons of bitches, but he called the racist, quote, very fine people, pretty much tells you everything you need to know. And anybody that would defend Donald Trump with that needs to keep in mind that both of those clips were unscripted. Both of those clips where he called the athletes sons of bitches and he called the racist very fine people, he was not reading from a teleprompter, he was not reading from note cards or anything like that. That was coming from the man himself. So that tells you everything you need to know about this guy. And Molly Jong Fast tweeted, the problem is that much of what Trump is doing now is to distract from the Trump-Russia collusion, which I understand and I agree with, but at the same time, it's obviously a major story, um, and it's something that a lot of people are interested in, sports fans, people that are into politics, I happen to be into both of those things, so yeah, I understand that it is a distraction, but I also trust in uh, the person that's doing the investigation, Mueller, uh, I, I trust that he's not being distracted and that his work continues. And honestly, that's the only thing that matters when it comes to that. Uh, Joe McKinley tweeted out, The NFL is losing the working middle class by disrespecting our flag. The NBA might be next. And I say, or, or, they still watch and don't care what foolishness Donald Trump has to say. That's just my opinion. I'll be honest with you. The NFL's been going for, what, two or three weeks now? This past weekend was the first weekend that I actually watched the NFL, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, I would remind everybody, and this is actually a really good point that I wanted to bring out on this podcast, and this is my point, this is my brain dropping. I would remind everybody that thinks that Donald Trump is hot shit right now as he takes on the NFL, that this is the same man that was once an owner of a USFL team. And the USFL, if we're going back, was a league that wanted to compete with the NFL, and it failed miserably. So in other words, he knows nothing about football. And if you don't believe me, and you don't want to take my word for it, please, please, please check out ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary uh, that was called Small Potatoes, Who Killed the USFL? Uh, it was talking about Trump, and it was talking about the USFL. 
So again, Trump knows nothing about football and he was a horrible businessman in the USFL. And keep in mind, for any conspiracy theorists out there, that this documentary, Small Potatoes Who Killed the USFL, was made in 2009, well before Jamel Hill, well before any of Trump's supporters could claim that it's a conspiracy theory against their beloved fool. Uh, but moving on, uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, Anyone can give up. It's the easiest thing ever. But to hold it together when everyone else thinks you'd fall apart is true strength. So I thought that was a really good brain dropping there. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that monkeys in Brazil have used stone tools to crack nuts for at least 700 years and may have taught the first humans in the area how to do it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Uberfax also tweeted out, Pirates assessed another ship by looking at its jib, which was a sail on the boat's forwardmost mast. Hence the phrase, I like the cut of your jib. So I didn't know that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, then there was this cool image uh, of some giraffes there. Um, this was tweeted out by EarthPix, and this is during a sunset. So I thought that's a pretty cool picture. I wanted to share with you guys on the podcast. And then after all this was going on with Donald Trump, it seemed like it just took off into another level. And what I mean by that is on September 24th, as expected, Darren Roval tweeted, a significant number of players kneeled in the first NFL game for that day, uh, the Jaguars versus the Ravens in London. Um, So all of a sudden, some craziness happens in the NFL on Sunday based on what Donald Trump has been doing and saying. And even crazier, Ray Lewis, who was once critical of Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee during the anthem, was on his knees himself. So, interesting form of protest against Donald Trump, but where it bothers me is that even there were some, and I'm going to show you guys, some NFL owners that took a knee, or you know, were at least with the team during these anthems uh, on Sunday, and yet Colin Kaepernick is still not signed to a team. Um, it's just mind-boggling to me at this point. What was interesting, though, about the game that was played in London is that all of the players stood for God Save the Queen. So I thought that was an interesting thing to point out as well. Uh, Dan Wetzel tweeted that out. Uh, Uberfax tweeted out that the two highest IQ scores ever recorded belong to women. I'm not surprised by that, to be honest. Uh, Reuters tweeted out, just in, Merkel's uh, block is the largest party in the German election paving the way for her to secure her fourth term as chancellor. So that's obviously big news over the weekend in Germany. However, even though Merkel wins the German elections, uh, Robbie Grammer tweeted out, it's overshadowed by, for the first time since 1945, which is, I would remind you, World War II, a far-right party will be in German parliament. So that's pretty scary stuff, especially if you go back the Nazi history that Germany has. Um, It's good that Merkel won, but it's definitely not good that a far-right party that's against immigrants uh, has now gained a spot in parliament in Germany. Um, 
then I cannot play this because I know this will get us kicked off of YouTube. But uh, the Foo Fighters uh, were with James Corden and they did a carpool karaoke. Um, I highly recommend that you guys check that out. It's on twitter.com slash thejohndnewton. Um, it is, it was awesome. Uh, it started off with the karaoke in the car. They went to a guitar store and started playing the drums and guitar and started singing. Um, it, it was crazy. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of it, a uh, spoiler alert, uh, Corden and the Foo Fighters just rickrolled me. Damn it. <laughs> so uh, it's it pretty good. I would highly recommend it, especially if you're a fan of the Foo Fighters like I am. Uh, really, really cool stuff. Um, and again, going back to Kaepernick, I, I tweeted out 23 hours ago, Kaepernick must be watching the NFL today thinking, what the fuck? Somebody signed me already, damn it. And again, you know, I just said, at this point, it feels like the NFL and its owners are just making a mockery of Kaepernick with the goings-on today during the anthems. And then Brad Williams uh, tweeted this out. When someone tells you that you can't do something, they may be... Right. <laughs> Brad Williams, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, he's a, uh, oh, there's no other way to say it, he's a midget comedian. Um, obviously trying to dunk there, unfortunately, uh, he could not do it, and they were right about that. So that was pretty funny. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out a huge Woj bomb yesterday, 15 hours ago, that Dwayne Wade gave back approximately $8 million of his $23.8 million salary to reach a buyout agreement with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, this is huge because all of a sudden teams like Cleveland, San Antonio, and Miami are leaders for Dwayne Wade's post-Bulls buyout. Uh, Oklahoma City could be a factor now too, considering the changes that they've made. Uh, Cleveland is the clear front runner though, because obviously Dwayne Wade's relationship with LeBron James, but Wade may take a little time to decide which team he wants to sign with next. Uh, and then Nathan tweeted out, "Imagine if the Thunder signed Wade, because they would have Westbrook, they would have Westbrook, they would have Wade, they would have Paul George, they would have Carmelo Anthony, but then he said they would also have Adams, and he was saying that that was hot fire." I say it's almost hot fire. The only exception is Adams. I don't really think is hot fire. I think he's not. I think he's overrated. Um, Chris Walder tweeted out which, what I would love to see. I actually am a hundred percent behind what Chris Walder's saying here. Dwayne Wade in San Antonio would be hella cool. I one hundred percent agree. I think that would be probably the best spot for him to go, but. I'll be honest, I get, a, I get a hunch that it's not going to be San Antonio. I think he's going one of two ways. He's either going to go to Cleveland or he's going to go to Oklahoma City to play with Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook. Um, it's an interesting situation in the NBA because obviously there's a lot of people like Charles Barkley who say that they hate the idea of these super teams and players just wanting to play with each other. Um, you know, 
I, I would agree with that for the most part. I don't think it's really fair to other teams in the NBA, as a Raptors fan especially, but that's the way the league is, you know. Um, you've got to deal with it, and you've got to kind of be able to game plan for it. So, uh, you know, one of the teams that hasn't really been talked about but I think should be in the mix would be the Houston Rockets as well. Obviously, they went out and made a splash, as w- you know, with their team. So uh, Dwayne Wade has a number of options. Uh, I honestly don't think he can go wrong no matter where he decides to sign. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Now, the thing with Dwayne Wade, though, and, and this is why Chicago bought him out, is that he's an older player now. He's not the same player that he used to be. Um, the hope that these other teams would have is that, okay, if he can come in and play with some of our guys, he could be a winner. Um, that will be interesting to see. Uh, to me, why I think San Antonio would actually make the most sense, even though I think it's the least likely option, uh, just from what I've heard, um, is that he would be able to play in a system, I think, that would protect his age, protect his lack of speed. You know, you look at a player like Ginobili and Tony Parker and these older guards that played under Popovich, I think Dwayne Wade could excel in that type of system. But chances are he's going to go with his buddies and he's going to play in either Cleveland or Oklahoma City. I will be the first person on this podcast that will be shocked and surprised uh, and I'll release that on this podcast if he signs somewhere else. But I, I get the feeling that even though San Antonio would probably make the most basketball sense in terms of the type of system he'd be playing in and how he'd be protected for his age and his lack of speed, um, I think he's going to go where his friends are. I think he's going to go in Cleveland or he's going to go to uh, Oklahoma City. But we'll see. It's definitely interesting. Uh, Keith Mullet just adds to that, if somehow Wade signs with the Spurs and enjoys it, then he tells LeBron how great it is, then next summer, nah, it could never happen. Could happen. And if that happened, that would be extremely interesting. Uh, Billionaire Mindset tweeted out, uh, rule number one, never expect anything from anybody. And David Carroll tweeted out that Graham Cassidy revised their repeal bill with enticements for Arizona, Kentucky, and Alaska to sell out other 47 states. And what he meant by that is under the revised texts, the bill's authors now project increases in federal funding for Arizona by 14%, Kentucky by 4%, and Alaska by 3%, which would have seen declines under the previous version, according to a leaked analysis from President Trump's health department. All three states are home to pivotal Republican swing votes who either have opposed or expressed concerns with the bill, i.e. John McCain, Rand Paul, and Lisa Murkowski. Um, So some pretty dirty politics being played right now to try and convince these senators to go ahead and sign up for the Cassidy, uh, Graham-Cassidy bill. Uh, Then WWE Creative Humor tweeted out, based on WWE No Mercy, which was last night, uh, Brock Lesnar was saying, all right, fuckers, I'll see you in April. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Then there was this. This was pretty crazy. So this was uh, a group of people dressed up in costumes uh, as Vladimir Putin, as Donald Trump, and as Kim Jong-un. Just absolute craziness right here. Um, And if you can't tell, they're wearing 
nuclear explosion shirts, nuclear bomb shirts, as Vladimir Putin just gets down at the back there. Crazy <laughs> stuff. I guess it's one of those things where it's like it would be funny if it wasn't so scary, but you know, it is funny. And Peter Jukes tweeted that out and he said, once it's seen, it cannot be unseen. And I would agree with that. Uh, then there was this. So just eight hours ago, uh, Aiko Doden tweeted out that Japan's Prime Minister Abe says he will dissolve the lower house on Thursday the 28th and call for a snap election on October 22nd. Daniel Hurst tweeted out about that. No one in the world wants conflict, but dialogue for the sake of dialogue is meaningless. Uh, says Abe, vowing to stay firm on North Korea. And for me, my takeaway with this is that it's not the time for an election. Uh, this will backfire like it did for Theresa May in the United Kingdom, is what I think. Um, and then after all of the bullshit that the Republicans were talking about with Hillary Clinton and her private email server, uh, it turns out Kushner used private email to conduct White House, White House business as well. And this is from Politico. <sighs> Man, that's all I've got to say. Uh, so Donald Trump tweeted out, uh, So proud of NASCAR and its supporters and fans. They won't put up with disrespecting our country or our flag. They said it loud and clear. So basically, NASCAR owners came out and said that if any of the race car drivers or pit crew or anybody uh, protests during the national anthems, that they would fire them. Um, Steve Mullis responded to this and said, It's been five days since the president tweeted anything about Puerto Rico, which is still without power and struggling. And I would agree 100% with Steve there. I don't know why the president is, is focused on uh, anthem protests when there's so much more going on in the world right now. The devastation from the hurricanes, what's going on with North Korea. They're trying to pass their health care bill. Um, he's trying to get tax reform done as well. There's so much more going on in the world. Why is this what Donald Trump is tweeting about? You know? Um, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out, again, going back to Dwayne Wade, as Oklahoma City makes an aggressive bid for Dwayne Wade, remember this, Paul George and Dwayne Wade spent considerable time together in the gym this summer. So pretty interesting tweet there from Wojnarowski, and that's why I think it's really between Cleveland and Oklahoma City for Dwayne Wade's services. Uh, then there was this, which we will end with on the podcast. Uh, Enzo Amore ended up winning the Cruiserweight Championship at No Mercy yesterday. And when he won the title, he was actually holding it up. So he's lifting up the championship. And then for whatever reason, he dropped it. And uh, Matthew from Botchamania is tweeting out saying, Enzo instantly dropped the title. Hopefully... That's a preview of what's going to happen on Raw.
So Enzo, Enzo Amore is an interesting guy. Uh, some people don't like him, some people do. Uh, when he first started, I really did enjoy him. Uh, lately, I think WWE's done such a job of burying him that even I'm kind of getting tired of him. So we'll see what happens with Enzo Amore, but he did win the Cruiserweight Championship. And we will do our next podcast a couple of days from now. We'll see what happens in the world. Plenty of brain droppings to come. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode.